0: And you are tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay, and online around the world at kwtf.net. I am your host, Tristy Taylor, and we are Spilling Rubies, because as Clarissa Pinkola Estes once said, to create, one must be willing to be stone stupid, to sit upon a throne on top of a donkey and spill rubies from one's mouth. Today we are exploring all things Patricia Lee Patti Smith, American singer-songwriter, poet, and visual artist who became a highly influential component of the New York City punk rock movement in the 1970s and beyond. We'll be hearing her music, hearing her read from her memoir, Just Kids, and also hearing other musicians who were heavily influenced by her and her work. So sit back. Pour yourself some oolong tea, get your sketch pad out for some free-form drawling, and enjoy the next hour-long tribute of a sort to the one, the only Patty Smith.
1: Thank hey, you. Know.
2: She, intoxicated by thee She, has the slow sensation That he, is levitating with she
3: I like, oh, I don't know why I spin so ceaselessly Till I lose my sense of gravity
1: Childhood. Childhood itself. grave visitations. What is it that calls us? Why must we pray screaming? Why must not death be redefined? We shut our eyes. We stretch out our arms and whirl on a pane of glass. An asphyxiation. A fix on anything. The line of life. The limb of the tree. The hands of
3: he. And the promise that she is blessed. Among women.
0: KWTF, 88.1 FM, Bodega Bay, and streaming live around the world on kwtf.net. You just heard a live version of the Stooges' I Wanna Be Your Dog by Eddie Vedder, R.E.M., and Patti Smith. This song was performed when Patti Smith was finally inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. In researching this show, I watched Zach De La Rocha introduce do an introductory tribute to Patti Smith during this ceremony, and it was really heartfelt and super powerful and moving, Uh, and I've posted it on the Spilling Rubies Facebook page, so check it out at facebook.com forward slash spilling rubies. Before that, we heard Patti Smith Math Scratch by Thurston Moore, and we started this set off with Dancing Barefoot by Patti Smith and the Patti Smith Group. One of the first... Things that inspired me to create this episode was listening to Patti Smith read her memoir, Just Kids, which documents her life as an artist in Manhattan in the 70s. Not only is her New Jersey accent just the best, I love how she talks about her drawlings. One of my favorite parts of her description of living in the Chelsea Hotel is this next uh, excerpt that I'm going to play for you now. So please enjoy.
4: Hotel Chelsea.
0: I'm in Mike
4: Hammer mode, puffing on cools, reading cheap detective novels, sitting in the lobby waiting for William Burroughs. He comes in dressed to the nines in a dark gabardine overcoat, gray suit and tie. I sit for a few hours in my post scribbling poems. He comes stumbling out of the El Coyote, a bit drunk and disheveled. I straighten his tie and hail him a cab. It's our unspoken routine. In between, I clock the action. I and the traffic circulating the lobby hung with bad art. Big, invasive stuff unloaded on Stanley Bard in exchange for rent. The hotel is an energetic, desperate haven for scores of gifted, hustling children from every rung of the ladder. Guitar bums and stoned-out beauties in Victorian dresses— Junky poets, playwrights, broke-down filmmakers, and French actors. Everybody passing through here is somebody, if nobody, in the outside world. The elevator is slow going. I get off at the seventh floor to see if Harry Smith is around. I place my hand on the doorknob, sensing nothing but silence. The yellow walls have an institutional feel like a middle school prison. I use the stairs and return to our room. I take a piss in the hallway bathroom we share with unknown inmates. I unlock our door. No sign of Robert save a note on the mirror. Went to Big 42nd Street. Love you, Blue. I see he straightened his stuff. Men's magazines neatly piled. The chicken wire rolled up and tied and the spray cans lined in a row under the sink. I fire up a hot plate. I get some water from the tap. You gotta let it run for a while as it comes out brown. It's just minerals and rust, as Harry says. My stuff is in the bottom drawer. Tarot cards, silk ribbons, a jar of Nescafe, and my own cup. A childhood relic with the likeness of Uncle Wiggly Rabbit Gentleman. I drag my Remington from under the bed, adjust the ribbon, and insert a fresh sheet of fool's cap. There's a lot to report.
5: Old western movies. A judge in the west coming from the south with Ruby Sideburn's boy. Always using flowery language. The grim fighting hero's troubles are always bright. He wants to know where I fit in in her. Numbers. Sometimes you see villains so ancient, you saw them in infancy exaggerating in snow. Their mustaches looking older than your father's grave. Thanks, Marshal, I reckon. I guess I better run on back to Whiskey Row, Colorado and marry an old Tim McCoy gal or turn off the television. One. Gotta go a long way in the west to find a good man.
6: So close the book.
5: The courier run by Steve. Is a paper wearing a sunbonnet. Drive the cattle through that silver wall. Tell the ladies to their hearse. Now in the sun. That ought to do till Mexican dry gulcher finds Red Wing in the shack and quack the utils minstrelly. Old horses next. By broken fences. Cotton was gone rust. But I guess the gang got shot. Kid dream hit in the leaves. April nineteen fifty eight, Northport.
2: Enter the atrocious street F- band. Atroce, je ne pour I won't stumble the fairy rack rare for the for unattainable alchemy and the marvelous body. Fois. for the first time it all started sous les rires des enfants. the laughter of children it will end with Ça them finira par this poison will remain in the veins even as this music d'autres d'autres sours and pours into Kimpol how dignified we receive these tortures! This host, this promise, this promise to our created body and soul, this promise, this, promise. this madness, this elegance, science, violence promised that the tree of On life will be buried, dans tyrannical goodwill exiled, mal so mal. we can bring forth pure love. love. It all started with disgust, so and it and will stop de because de it can't catch up with eternity. It will end with a retreat. <laughs> 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 laughter of children, laughter of children, discretion of slaves, discretion des esclaves. austerity of virgins, charlotte, <laughs> oh, of the figure sacred <laughs> you are, sacred you are, sacred you are, sacred you are, sacred you are, a Little drunkenness, how sad. holy you were. This so is only that for the mask, mask you gratified that us, that. us with. Your method, we affirm your method. We won't, forget. we won't forget that yesterday you glorified all of our ages. We have faith in poison. We know how to give our life fully every day. The time is as assassins.
0: You are tuned in to KWTF 80.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming live around the world on kwtf.net. You just heard Morning High by Lizzie Mercier de Cloux and Patti Smith reciting a bilingual version of Arthur Rimbaud's poem Matinee Divresse Morning High, set to music by experimental contemporary Bill Laswell. This year marks the 11-year anniversary of impassioned poet, painter, actor, and prolific self-taught musician Lizzie Mercier-Declou's death. She was instrumental in the late 70s New York underground and became a genre-defying artist, pioneer of world beat and avant-garde rock, and supreme minimalist of the no-wave genre, and you should definitely check her out. Uh, obviously, she was friends with Patti Smith, and they collaborated on a few really great projects. Before that we heard Old Western Movies, a poem by Jack Kerouac read by William Burroughs and set to music by Tom and Andy. And we started this set off with an excerpt from the chapter Hotel Chelsea in the Patti Smith memoir Just Kids where Patti Smith talks about hanging out with William Burroughs and Harry Smith in the Chelsea Hotel where they all lived in the 1970s. One of the best things about Just Kids is being a witness to both Patti Smith and her lover and best friend Robert Mapplethorpe's artistic life being born. She describes it all in such beautiful detail, and I want to play this short excerpt about a very important moment with a fetus in a jar.
4: Robert was cutting out sideshow freaks from an oversized paperback on Todd Browning, hermaphrodites, pinheads, and Siamese twins were scattered everywhere. It threw me, for I couldn't see a connection between these images and Robert's recent preoccupation with magic and religion. As always, I found a way to keep in step with him through my own drawings and poems. I drew circus characters and told stories about them, of Hagen Waker, the nocturnal tightrope walker, Balthazar, the donkey-faced boy, and Arafat Kelly, with his moon-shaped head. Robert had no more explanation of why he was drawn to freaks than I had in creating them. It was in that spirit that we would go to Coney Island to visit the sideshows. We had looked for Hubert's on 42nd Street, which had featured Snake Princess Wago in a flea circus, but it had closed down in 1965. We did find a small museum that had body parts and human embryos in specimen jars, and Robert got fixated on the idea to use something of that sort in an assemblage. He asked around where he might find something of that sort, and a friend told him about the ruins of the old city hospital on Welfare Island, which is now Roosevelt Island. On a Sunday, we traveled there with our friends from Pratt. There were two points on the island that we visited. The first was a sprawling 19th-century building that had the aura of a madhouse. It was the smallpox hospital, the first place in America to receive victims of contagion. Separated only by barbed wire and broken glass, we imagined dying of leprosy and the plague. The other ruins were what was left of the old city hospital, with its forbidding institutional architecture finally to be demolished in 1994. When we entered it, we were struck by the silence and an odd medicinal smell. We went from room to room and saw shelves of medical specimens in their glass jars. Many were broken, vandalized by visiting rodents. Robert combed each room until he found what he was looking for, an embryo swimming in formaldehyde within a womb of glass. We all had to agree that Robert would most likely make great use of it. He clutched the precious find on the journey home. Even in his silence, I could feel his excitement and anticipation imagining how he would make it into a work of art. We left our friends on Myrtle Avenue. But just as we turned the corner to Hall Street, the glass jar slipped inexplicably from his hands and shattered on the sidewalk, just steps from our door. I saw his face. He was so deflated that neither of us could say anything. The purloined jar had sat on a shelf for decades, undisturbed. It was almost as if he had taken its life. Go upstairs, he said. I'll clean it up. We never mentioned it again. There was something about that jar. The shards of heavy glass seemed to foreshadow the deepening of our days. We didn't speak of it, but each of us seemed inflicted with a vague, internal restlessness.
0: And you are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay and streaming live around the world on kwtf.net. You just heard Because the Night by Patty Smith. Before that, we heard Sleepwalkin' by former lover and collaborator with Patty Smith. Tom Verlaine. And we started this set off with another excerpt from Patti Smith's memoir, Just Kids. Hey, did you know KWTF is supported by a grant from the Stan Roy Music Center and the Redwood Justice Fund? What about you? Do you support KWTF? If you don't, why not? It's so easy. Just visit kwtf.net and click on that donate button on the top of your screen.
4: finally saved enough money, Robert looked for a place for us to live. He found an apartment in a three-story brick building on a tree-lined street around the corner from the Myrtle L and within walking distance of Pratt. We had the entire second floor, with windows facing east and west, but its aggressively seedy condition was out of my range of experience. The walls were smeared with blood and psychotic scribbling, the oven crammed with discarded syringes, and the refrigerator overrun with mold. Robert cut a deal with the landlord, agreeing to clean and paint it himself, provided we pay only one month's deposit instead of the required two. The rent was $80 a month. We paid $160 to move into 160 Hall Street. We regarded the symmetry as favorable. Ours was a small street with low, ivy-covered brick garages converted from former stables. It was just a short walk to the diner, the phone booth, and Jake's Art Supply Store, where St. James' Place began. The staircase up to our floor was dark and narrow, with an arched niche carved into the wall but our door opened on to a small, sunny kitchen. From the window, above the sink, you could see a huge white mulberry tree. The bedroom faced the front, with ornate medallions on the ceiling that boasted the original turn-of-the-century plasterwork. Robert had assured me he would make it a good home, and true to his word, he labored to make it ours. The first thing he did was to wash and scrub the crusted stove with steel wool. He waxed the floors, cleaned the windows, and whitewashed the walls. Our few possessions were heaped in the center of our future bedroom. We slept on our coats. On trash night, we scavenged the streets and magically found all we needed. A discarded mattress in the lamplight, a small bookcase, repairable lamps, earthenware bowls, images of Jesus and the Madonna in ornate crumbling frames, and the threadbare Persian rug from my corner of our world. I scrubbed the mattress with baking soda. Robert rewired the lamps, adding vellum shades tattooed with his own designs. He was good with his hands, still the boy who had made jewelry for his mother. He worked for some days restringing a beaded curtain, and hung it at the entrance of our bedroom. At first I was a little skeptical about the curtain. I had never seen such a thing, but it eventually harmonized with my own gypsy elements. I went back to South Jersey and retrieved my books and clothing. While I was gone, Robert hung his drawings and draped the walls with Indian cloth. He dressed the mantel with religious artifacts, candles— and souvenirs from the Day of the Dead, arranging them as if sacred objects on the altar. Finally, he prepared a study area for me with a little work table and the frayed magic carpet. We combined our belongings. My few records were filed in the orange crate with his, my winter coat next to his sheepskin vest. My brother gave us a new needle for our record player, and my mother made us meatball sandwiches wrapped in tinfoil. We ate them and happily listened to Tim Harden, his songs becoming our songs, the expression of our young love.
7: myself a red balloon and Got a blue surprise Hidden in the red balloon Pinning of my eyes Took a love light from my eyes Blue, blue surprise We met as friends And you we were so easy To get to know But will we see one another again As a child I got I haven't any time for children Although I've got a lot I took a love light from my eyes a red balloon Got a blue surprise Hidden in the red balloon The pinning of my eyes It took a love light from my eyes
0: tuned in to KWTF, 88.1 FM Bodega Bay, and streaming around the world at kwtf.net. You just heard Red Balloon by Tim Harden, a regular on Patti Smith and Robert Mapplethorpe's first joint record player. Before that, we heard another excerpt from Patty Smith's memoir, Just Kids, in which she describes setting up her first home with Robert. And we started this set off with Glitter in Their Eyes by Patti Smith. Patti Smith recently released an album of all covers called Outside Society, and one of my favorites on that album is her version of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit.
2: on guns, bring
3: your friends. It's fun to lose and to pretend. She's overboard, myself assured. I know, I know, a dirty I feel blessed. a little group has always been and always will until the. What it takes And yet I guess It makes me smile I found it hard It's hard to find Well, well, whatever Never mind Hello, 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 hello Hello, hello, hello The empty hand of innocence Transfusing street of the sorrow of the wood hounded shredding all bales unwinding all sheets of the dead world droning overturning tables laden with silver sacrificial birds beating goatskin drums advancing with hands outstretched when we keep filling them with mercury Nitrate, asbestos, baby bombs blasting blue, scavengers picking through the ashes, children of the mills, children of the junkyards, sleepy, illiterate, fuzzy little rats, horned paint sniffing stoned out of their shaved heads, forgotten, foraging, mystical children, foul mouth, fleshy eyed hallucinating.
0: tuned in to kwtf 88.1 fm bodega bay and streaming around the world on kwtf.net you just heard patty smith's version of nirvana's smells like teen spirit complete with violin and banjo wasn't that so great i loved it I also love hearing stories about people who have met Patti Smith. Oddly enough, Amy Poehler of Saturday Night Live and Parks and Recreation fame has a story about opening for Patti Smith at a cannabis festival in Amsterdam in the late
8: 90s. And she shares it in her excellent memoir. Yes, please. In the winter of 1997, the Upright Citizens Brigade was asked by High Times Magazine to be judges at their world-famous Cannabis Cup. This was a high honor. Perfect pun. You're welcome. Before we took off for the Netherlands, a High Times interviewer sat down with us for a few hours and then realized he had never turned his tape recorder on. Heady days. So, we arrived in cold and wet Amsterdam, ready to sample marijuana from all over the world and finally settle the long-standing debate of whether or not Purple Kush is superior to white rhino. As soon as we got to the venue, people started giving us weed, bags of it, pillowcases filled with it, an amount that would have taken any man or woman down. We were much more concerned about rehearsing our sketches. Matt Besser had written out a running order with cues that the lighting technician should follow. We were going over it when we were told the UCB would be opening for Patti Smith. Totally great pairing. Our show was pretty bad. A supremely stoned audience isn't the best audience for comedy, and our lighting technician lost our cue sheet before we went on. He literally lost it on the walk to the booth. Right before we were introduced, he came up and said, bad news, guys, I lost that list you made for me. Then he handed us a sleeping bag full of pot. Patty Smith was amazing she talked about politics and sang like a soldier she was so cool and interesting she stomped around and spit on stage spitting is disgusting but when patty spits it looks like ballet
2: Jesus died For somebody's sins But not mine Milton New of thieves Wild cord On my sleeve Thick Heart of stone My sins my own They belong to me Me People say beware, but I don't care, the words are just rules and regulations to me.
3: get
0: to kwtf 88.1 fm bodega bay and streaming live around the world at kwtf.net you just heard gloria by patty smith and we started the set off with an excerpt from amy poehler's memoir yes please about how patty smith's spit is like ballet and i believe it well that's it folks it's time to bring episode 23 of spilling rubies to a close I hope you've enjoyed this disjointed but cosmic tribute to the one and only visionary and humble poet Patti Smith. Please stay tuned for DJ Broken Record and the Broken Record Radio Show.